What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Orange and Blue Weekly Review, a podcast highlighting the Florida Gator football team and bashing every single team that lines up against us this year. Guys, the date is August 28, 2019. My name, Ryan Kovaleski, your host, an avid college football fan, an avid Florida Gator fan, an avid sports debater, and an avid defender of all things Florida Gator. Let's go ahead and hop right into the recap this week, guys. August 24th, 2019, week zero of the college football season, the 150th anniversary of college football. The Florida Gators, ranked number eight, Miami Hurricanes, not ranked, face-off, Camping World Stadium in Orlando. This is a great way to kick off the college football season. Two bitter in-state rivalries, two blue blood programs, Two historically good programs face off. Let's just face it right now. I'm a Florida Gator fan, so I'm just going to tell you like it is. The Florida Gators are superior to the Miami Hurricanes in every single way. The Florida Gators are superior to the Miami Hurricanes in every single way. I said that twice to just to just let it settle in, guys. Just to let it settle in. But this game, this game was a lot closer than it was supposed to be. This game, you're excited that college football is starting, but this was not an enjoyable game to watch, guys. Florida should have destroyed Miami and probably would have, if not, for so many mistakes, so many missed tackles, terrible turnovers. Miami stuck around in this game. And they had no business, no business sticking around in this game. Let me just say a little bit about Miami, but screw them. This is a Florida Gator podcast, but I'm just going to give a little bit of a backdrop. The Miami Hurricanes, Miami Diaz, first-year head coach. He was the defensive coordinator last year. He's a defensive coordinator. He's a very, very smart defensive mind. He takes over for Mark Rick. Mark Rick, an excellent recruiter, but a shit coach. He had them going into last season, the number eight team in the country. There was expectations of possibly making it to the college football playoffs last year. That's the kind of talent that Mark Mark Richt assembled in Miami. And a lot of those guys are back this year, especially in the front seven. They have NFL caliber front seven. They have a decent team. They had the number one defense in the entire country against the pass last year. So they come into this game. With a little bit of confidence, they have Manny Diaz. You know, he's a defensive mind. He's worked with Coach Mullen before, so he kind of knows Coach Mullen's offense. You know, yada, yada, yada. But let's let's make no mistake about it. The Florida Gators are superior in every single positional group. Every single positional group. You can argue that Miami's got the advantage in tight end because they've had more production. But I'm going to go ahead and counter that argument and say Florida Gators have so much more talent at the tight end position. So they should be even better there. So they're better in every single aspect. In this game, it was close. It was it was frustrating. It was hard to watch. I'm sure it was hard to watch if you're a Miami Hurricane fan. If there is such a thing, I've never even seen a Miami Hurricane shirt. I've never even seen a Miami Hurricane hat, a bumper sticker. I don't even think their fans exist. But let's, let's just say that there is one out there somewhere, and you're watching that game. I'm sure it was frustrating for you, too. And if you're delusional, if you're not smart, then maybe you thought that Miami could have won that game. But, guys, Florida got the W. Miami got the L. That's what was supposed to happen. 
that's what did happen, but it just was a very frustrating way of getting there. Let's just go ahead and start with this game. Miami moves the ball well on their first drive. They get the tight end involved. They get the ball to the perimeter. They take advantage of Florida's aggressive defensive front. We bring everything up the middle so they get the ball to the outside. That was pretty smart. They went left. They went right. They got the tight end involved. It was short passes. They get into the red zone. Florida stands up. They kick a field goal. You're a little bit worried if you're a Florida Gator fan. The very first possession for the Florida Gators, it's a little sketchy. We go three and out, or we thought we went three and out. And then here comes Dan Mullen. Now, Dan Mullen, offensive genius, innovative mind, risk taker, balls of steel. First offensive possession on the wrong side of the 50. He decides to go for a fake punt. Townsend beats the defender to the outside. He gets the first down. Unbelievable. Now you're excited as a Florida Gator fan. Here we go. You catch your breath. You're a little bit nervous. Very next play, Kadarius Toney. 66 yards to the house. This guy is an animal. He's dynamic. He's a beast. He doesn't get credit for how strong he is, guys. This guy is jacked. Take a second to look at KT. Take a second to look at Kadarius Toney. This guy is jacked. 66 yards to the touchdown. He stiffs arms two Miami Hurricane defenders at the same exact time. And now you're thinking Florida's just going to destroy the Miami Hurricanes in this game just like they're supposed to. Because like I said, the Florida Gators are superior to the Miami Hurricanes in every single way. We get the ball. We're about to score again. We're going to make it 14-3. Smooth sailing. Relaxing night for all you Florida Gator fans. Just sit back, relax, and enjoy the beatdown that is Florida versus Miami. And then we fumble on the run option. I hate that play. I hate that play with a passion. I'm not even going to blame Franks. I'm not even going to blame P. Ryan. I just hate that play. Don't try to trick and dick the other team. If you want to run the ball, hand the ball off. If you want the quarterback to keep it, let the quarterback keep it. Don't be in between. You see way too many mistakes from that play. I hate that play. So now all of a sudden, turnover. You breathe life into a team like Miami. Like I already said, they're front seven. Very solid. Those guys, those guys are NFL caliber guys. Those guys could play in any team in this country. They could play for Alabama. They could play for Clemson. They could play for Georgia. You can go down the list of the top 10. Those guys could play for any of those teams. Those are solid guys. Those guys are dogs. Those guys are from South Florida. They're recruited. They're highly recruited coming out of high school. Mark Rick got those guys. They all come back to play for Manny Diaz, yada, yada, yada. They come back to catch this L by the Florida Gators. And that's just the end of the story. But it breathes life. It kind of goes back and forth. There's even a time in that game where you think, wow, the Miami Hurricanes could win this game, which they shouldn't even be in this game. The Florida Gators, so many missed tackles. Jawan Taylor, I know he led the team, quote unquote, because he tied with five other people to lead the team with six tackles. He had a lot of missed tackles, guys, but he probably wouldn't even be playing if it wasn't for Brad Stewart getting suspended for that game. So that's a little bit of a silver lining. But a lot of missed tackles, especially in the secondary. C.J. Henderson, your draft stock's going to drop if you try to tackle like that. You can't just drop your head and dive <coughs> at a defender's feet. That's not, that's, that's, that's not tackling. That's not football. Play like you are capable of playing. Play 
like you know how to play. It's fundamentals. Wrap up. You know, keep your head up. Hit what you see. See what you hit. It's basic stuff, guys. Him and Marco Wilson, very, very, very poor tackling. The front seven, they were golden. But our defensive backs, that tackling was rough, guys. And then, you know, the, 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 penal, the penalties along with the turnovers, these were all unforced turnovers. You can't even argue that Miami forced these turnovers. You had the run-pass option fumble. You had the pitch to Malik Davis, who I don't even think Malik Davis should have been in that game at that period of time. He missed all of last year, basically. He's a little bit rusty. He should not have been second on the depth chart ahead of Damian Pierce. I would have had Damian Pierce in there. But either way, he gets to pitch the ball, which he fumbles, but he recovers. If you go back and watch that play, two knees down, two elbows down. He was down. That should not have been a fumble. But that's neither here nor there. I don't want to sound like a bitter, biased fan, but it wasn't a fumble. They called it a fumble. Whatever. It's a bang-bang play. Miami gets the ball. And that's, that's basically how the night went. The whole night. There was bad calls on each side. There was a Jaron Williams, who's the quarterback of the Miami Hurricanes, who I thought he actually played a very good game. He did not look like a redshirt freshman. I'm going to give kudos to him right now because he had balls. He had heart. He stood in that pocket. He found receivers. He played really well, especially considering the just the tenacious defense, that defensive line just eating the Miami Hurricanes offensive line for lunch, just destroying them. Just asserting their dominance. We're the alpha. You're the beta. Get out of our way. Just mushing you. Just pushing you out of the way. Just embarrassing you on national TV. But sorry, guys. I go on a little bit of rant sometimes. <laughs> Either way, Jaron Williams played pretty well. There, there was a run that he had to the outside that extended a drive. I think it was in the first quarter where there was just clear offensive holding. I'm talking about handful of jersey, pulling the defender by the jersey. It was an egregious infraction, and you saw it, and there was no call. And those kind of things happened the whole entire game. But on both sides, the Big Ten referees, garbage. Garbage in that game. They were horrible especially in the last four minutes of that game. So the game goes back and forth. Felipe Franks, some would argue he took a step back. I thought he was okay. I watched the game three different times. He made a really, really big play on fourth and five where he the pocket was dirty. He rolled out to his left, which Miami did a very good job of forcing him to roll out to his left, which he's very uncomfortable with. And Coach Mullen's going to see that when he reviews that tape. That was their game plan. Overcrowd that other side of the line, force him to go to his left. Right-handed quarterback has a hard time being productive in that situation. But this time he found Van Jefferson on the sidelines, first down. Another huge play, four for four on fourth down. Dan Mullen, balls of steel, going for fourth down on the first offensive possession of the entire game on the wrong side of the 50 in the first quarter. Ridiculous. But Dan Mullen, he did his thing. You know, the play calling wasn't great, but he had some balls. He had some confidence in his team. They held up their end of the bargain. We converted every single one of those fourth downs. And Felipe Franks, I thought he did pretty well. I thought he did pretty good. The offensive line, very inexperienced, not very good run blocking, but good pass protection. I thought he had some time. He made some throws. He delivered some throws. He had some mistakes. But that fourth and five, obviously the 65-yard pass to Hammond, that was beautiful. That was Patrick Mahomes style. That was NFL caliber style. That was step up in the pocket, barely flick the wrist because your arm is a cannon, 
and that ball went 50 yards effortlessly in the air, dropped it over Hammond's shoulder. Hammond catches it because that's what he does. Zero drops last year. Zero drops, not necessarily known for his speed, but he blows through that cornerback. He destroys that cornerback. He toasts that cornerback. That guy should be embarrassed with himself. Hammond runs right by him, 50-yard pass in the air, catches it over the shoulder, run, you know, yards after contact, 65-yard gain. That changed the whole entire landscape of the game. We go on the score in that drive. Felipe Franks makes a play to the tight end, Kyle Pitts. Who that guy, he was a beast. He showed up. He made some defenders miss. He made something out of nothing. Gets to the four. Felipe Franks keeps it. Touchdown. Bada bing, bada boom. Florida Gators win. It was really sketchy at the end. It was unbelievable. I've never seen a game that crazy at the end. Those refs just lost their absolute minds. The fourth and 34, you can argue however you want to argue that play. Because. It was an underthrown ball. That's the hardest ball to defend as a defensive back. It's underthrown. You got the receiver coming back because he sees it. The defender does not see it. So he's still running forward and they collide. And then there's a flag because they both have equal rights to the ball. If Marco Wilson turns his head and looks at the ball, it's not a flag, but he didn't. So it was whatever. Fourth and 34, unbelievable. Convert, give him a first down. And then another fresh set of downs on another pass interference against Trey Dean. If you guys watch this play, the receiver trips over his own feet. I'm not lying to you guys. Watch this play. The receiver trips over his own feet, and then there's another flag, a horrible flag. Give them another set of downs. The Miami Hurricanes had 10 plays that netted in 14 yards of offense. That's a testament to the Florida Gator defense who destroyed the Miami Hurricanes front. Very inexperienced front, so you give them a pass, but we ate their lunch, guys. We we, we smacked their mom in the mouth. I mean, we, we, we destroyed them. We crushed their hopes and their dreams on national TV, and I love it. I love it as a Florida Gator fan, and I love it that it upsets the Miami Hurricanes fans or the one fan that might be out there somewhere that I've never seen. Maybe you guys have seen them. If you guys have seen them, you know, leave me a comment and say, hey, 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 I saw a Miami Hurricane fan. I'm probably not going to believe it, but, you know, maybe there is one. But long story short, short story long, the Florida Gators prevail Kudos to the refs for picking up that last flag that they throw on the Ventrell Miller perfect position defense in the end zone. Some somehow, some way, one of the refs throws a flag against that. There's no contact whatsoever. Ventrell Miller's got his head turned. He's looking at the ball. It's a perfect defended play. They pick it up. Uh, the game ends fittingly on another sack because 10 sacks. That's what this Florida Gator team is going to do. Ventro Miller had two. Kyrie Campbell had one. Zuniga was an absolute freak. He had a sack and a half. Greenard, that guy was everywhere. He was involved in every single play. That guy was an absolute animal. He had a sack and a half. Jeremiah Moon was flying off the edge. He looked good. I'm a little bit surprised that I did not see Jacob Copeland. I have a lot of high hopes for him. I hope to see him in the next game. Lucas Kroll, I hope to see him in the next game. I think he's going to be an absolute monster. Felipe Franks, 17 to 27, 254 yards, two touchdowns, two picks. The picks, eh, not really his fault. Well, the second one was definitely his fault. Um, I wasn't a big fan of him running over and taunting the Miami fans. I thought that that was a piece of shit move. 
um, he, he gets up to the camera. He's like, I do this. I do this. Well, Felipe, if you mean that you are wildly inconsistent in the on the biggest stage, if that's what you mean that you do, then absolutely you do that. I'm going to give you a little bit of a pass because it's week one. You played a very good defense. They were very prepared. They were very motivated. They gave you fits. But if this is a continued trend for the season, this is not good because this has been Frank's his whole entire career. He finished the season strong. Very high hopes that he's going to continue that momentum. But there's no need to get all cocky when you're not playing very good. So wasn't a big fan of that. I'm going to go ahead and review next week. That's what I'm going to do every single week, guys. I'm going to recap the previous game. I'm going to review the future game. But I'm not going to spend a lot of time reviewing UT Martin. We have a bye week this week. I'm still going to make a podcast. I'll find something to talk about. We have a bye week, and then we play UT Martin, which is basically another bye week. These guys, they averaged 28 points in the Ohio Valley Conference. They finished 2-9 last year. We're going to destroy them. I hope to God that... Emory Jones gets some snaps in that game. I want to see some of the younger receivers play. I want to see some of the younger offensive line play so we can get some depth. We can get some experience. So we basically have two bye weeks to get ready to clean up the tackling, to clean up the penalties for Felipe Franks to get into some kind of groove for those wide receivers. We have blue chip wide receivers. We have seven number one receivers, guys. These guys are the best wide receiver group in the whole entire country. I want to see them acting like I want to see them getting open. They did not get open against Miami. That's another pass for Felipe Franks. Our wide receivers were not open. So hopefully I want to see them get open. And I want to see more consistent play out of Felipe Franks, less flags, less missed tackles. Oh, my God, the missed tackles. I was ready to throw my TV out the window. The defensive backs, their missed tackling was unbelievable. It was an epidemic. It was terrible. The front seven, those guys tackled solid. Those guys were decent. The defensive backs, <laughs> you know, that, that, was, that was unbelievable. But so that's two weeks from now, UT Martin Skyhawks. Ohio Valley Conference, 2-9 and nine last year. Florida's just going to rip them apart like they're supposed to. Hopefully it's just an experience. Um, another side note, one of the Miami Hurricanes fans beat up a band director for the Florida Gators, which you expect nothing less from a piece of shit Miami Hurricane fan because that's, you know, that's just what they do. You know, they pick on a vulnerable person. The guy's in the band. Like, you don't get any points for choking out some guy in the band. That's ridiculous. Um, Manny Diaz said it's absolutely unexpect, un, unacceptable to lose to the Florida Gators. You're out of your mind. It would be absolutely unacceptable for the Florida Gators to lose to the Miami Hurricanes. The Florida Gators were the flagship program of this state. We've been in a black cloud the past decade, but we're coming out of that. We're coming for this state. We're going to own this state. You guys tune in again. Tune in next week. Tune in the following weeks. So I'm going to give you guys in-depth analysis of every single game that we play and then I'm going to give you in-depth analysis of every single game that we are going to play. I'm going to recap, I'm going to review. That's what this show is about. Orange and Blue Weekly Review, Ryan Kovaleski. You guys please tune in, please subscribe, give me a like. I am out of here. Thank you guys so much. Peace out.